Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the UW Film Club podcast, where each week we invite a member of the club onto the show to talk about a movie of their choosing. Whether that movie be good, bad, topically relevant, or anything in between, it's all on the table. I'm one of your hosts, Jim Saunders, and joining the podcast, as always, is Cynthia Lee. Hey, Jim, what's up? Nothing much. Just, um, just trying to catch up on stuff, working. Yeah, I think yeah. that's just the whole summer vibe. Yep. <laughs> it's probably going to be, like, my answer for the, enti- <laughs> the entire summer, all the podcasts during that. the summer. I feel that. What about you? How are you doing? Uh, I'm okay. California kind of had, like, some earthquakes, so that's I heard happening. about that. <laughs> did, you, did you experience that firsthand? Like, are yeah, you... I live, like, three or four hours away from, like, where it, it, the center of it is at. But, like, so you can, like, feel some of the rumbles, which is kind mm-hmm. of off-putting in sort of a way. But hopefully everyone over there is fine. I'm fine. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. We're praying for those people. There was a 6.2 earthquake, I want to say, about a in week July ago. Before, before it was we... on July 4th. And then there was a 6.9 one just a few days after right yeah so on july 4th there was like one that was 6.9 and then there was one that was 7.1 a couple days later oh wow yeah so i don't live that close to that area but it is still weird that i could feel it mm-hmm. so <laughs> yeah that's crazy that's crazy we're we're praying for those people mm-hmm. is there anything else we should bring up before we get into it or should we just get into it we should we could just get into it so the movie that we're talking about another more topically relevant film i guess since last week we talked about toy story 4 this week we're going in a whole new direction (laughs) completely different movie um even just rating alone in terms of pg pg 13 and oh yeah that's right that's right because toy story 4 was rated g is it rated G? I thought it might yeah. have been P. Okay. We so, never get G-rated movies anymore, which is yeah. crazy. But anyway. Um, but uh, we're here to talk about Midsummer, which is directed by Ari Aster, who last year directed like that really the really big hit of Hereditary. That was his directorial debut. And this summer, he decided to, you know, take on the, or ride the ride the success that he had in uh, Hereditary and quickly come out with this one. A ve- yeah, a very quick follow-up, only a year after, not yeah. even. I was listening to one of the one interview that he had with someone, I forgot who. Anyways, um, he was saying how he has like 20 scripts ready to go, which is very... I'm excited, but I think my mental, my brain cannot handle so much of his... <laughs> Stored that many of his stories right and not even because they're bad they're just so crazy and so taxing mm-hmm. so so overwhelming and yeah um i don't want to say exhausting but just sometimes they they're emotionally exhausting sometimes. yes yeah and not especially, in a bad way but especially just, hereditary yes i think more so hereditary but mm-hmm. i know some people who might think otherwise and we could get into that a little bit mm-hmm. later. I think both are sort of sensory overload films. Mm-hmm. I like, just think they approach it a really, really, really different way. But um, in terms of 
how they overload your senses. Right. Midsummer, I think, is a lot more dynamic, and we'll get mm-hmm. into that. And Hereditary very much attacks this one sense, mm-hmm. and it and it just really hits that nerve, and mm-hmm. it makes you feel super uncomfortable. But mm-hmm. Midsummer goes a little bit further with that and sort of diversifies itself Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of really unexpected but somehow really good comedy yeah yeah but before we get into that we should probably give a brief plot synopsis Uh, for how much we can because this film is kind of nuts it gets a little less plot heavy towards the end just like the the basic premise yeah yeah so um we open up the film with Danny, played by the wonderful Florence Pugh. I want to talk about her later, mm-hmm. but uh, we open the film up with Danny, who is furiously trying to get in contact with uh, her bipolar sister, who keeps sending her like these really on the border of suicidal messages or suicidal messages, where she's saying, "Oh, I'm going to." Like, it's so black, I'm going to, mom and dad are coming with me, and so Danny's trying to contact her sister so she can stop whatever is going on, about mm-hmm. to go on. Um, in the midst of that, Danny also contacts her boyfriend, Christian, played by Jack Rayner, who, Christian is out with his friends, and there's, right away we know that, like, Christian is very in it just to be in the relationship, and very just going through the motions of what it that relate mm-hmm. what a relationship is rather than actually being involved He's and not so Danny particularly... om- oh sorry Danny almost seems as a burden towards her, him at this point but he's so lazy in their relationship to the point that even breaking up with her is a chore mm-hmm. because his friends constantly say oh why don't you just break up with her you've always said you wanted to yeah he's clearly not emotionally there for her or really there for her at all yeah to, con- to console her in such a such a difficult time mm-hmm. yeah and she like she it's clear that danny use is is clinging on to christian for that help but he is not reciprocating because there's that conversation in the first 15 minutes where she, danny calls her friend and says am i gonna make him leave like are the things i'm saying wanting or hinting at that i don't she's basically saying i don't want him to leave me i need um, are the things i'm asking for him too much to the point that he will leave me Mm -hmm. so it's a very one-sided relationship Mm -hmm. and which is kind of emphasized later on but in that in the beginning christian is kind of there for her at the end because we learn that um, Danny's whole family gets killed by her sister and her sister commits a murder-suicide on the family. And so Danny is essentially left alone with Christian. And at this point, Christian knows like, oh, fuck, I cannot break up with her now. Mm-hmm. Which is another just like haunting thing about this whole entire film, just that whole relationship aspect. But then um, Christian kind of... Christian has, because he's so lazy and so indifferent towards Danny, there's a lot of stuff that he doesn't tell Danny. And one of the things is that he was planning to go on the Swedish trip with his friends that he only like told her 
oh, I'm interested in this trip, but he never really said, I want to, like, I want to go, I'm going to her. And so, because Christian is so annoying, um, (laughs) he pretty much invites Danny on the whim to make her feel better, I guess, and make her not feel left out. Right. Because he's trying to make up for the fact that he did not fundamentally tell her that he was going to go. And so then Christian, along with his friends Josh, Pele, and Mark, and Danny all go to Sweden to participate in this Swedish cult ceremony. The cult is called the Harga. It's something that Pele is involved in. And then once they kind of get involved in that ceremony, shit explodes. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's 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 the basic setup. So essentially it's just once it gets to that point where they're at the ceremony and just a bunch of stuff happens. Mm-hmm. It really is just a framework for this story about what's essentially just just a really bad breakup. Mm-hmm. Ari is... Aster has like long called this this film mm-hmm. his breakup film. Yeah, and it's very very apparent. And I think this film, if you see it through that lens, will be much more enjoyable rather than saying trying to piece together the whole backdrop in which it's set in Mm -hmm. because this film is set in this harga pagan cult ritual religious whatever like all those type of words all mixed together and you know those words put together are just and if you just imagine a film about those type of things can get a little wonky it can get overloaded and a lot of what the fuck just happened moments which a lot of that happens in here but i think that it's just the backdrop in which ari aster seems to enjoy putting his films in Mm -hmm. it's it's similar to hereditary in the sense that hereditary used that whole that whole like paganism stuff paganism framework and to explain to explain it and explore like this family drama about grief and how it's tearing that family apart. Yeah. And similarly, a lot of this movie has to do with grief because, you know, Danny had lost her entire family and is mm-hmm. left with a, essentially a, a toxic one-sided relationship and mm-hmm. is, is trying to navigate that. And it's, it's scary and she, it's, it's really complicated, but mm-hmm. I think, well, I, I think th- for oh. me, I think, Midsummer, and if we're going to compare it to Hereditary, which I think we're going to do a lot because it's already, it's very similar in terms of like the beats in which it it operates on, where stuff happens and then there's one moment in the film that kind of attacks you and then it kind of keeps going after that. Um, but I think in my in my interpretation of the film, as someone who was not very fond of Hereditary when it first came out, I feel like I'm one of the only people that thinks that way and then likes Midsummer more than Hereditary. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like her Midsummer is almost an inverted Hereditary in the way that Hereditary, it's very much about the themes right away. You get attacked by the idea that it's dealing with family relationships and what you inherit from your family. And then it, everyone always has the issue of the last 15 minutes because the last 15 minutes, they, it just feels like 
they put in a bunch of weird things to kind of explain the family trauma. So in a way, it's in a way, I thought Hereditary was getting its horror out of the themes, out of its themes, and then just plopping in 15 minutes of extreme horror to satisfy someone. Where mm-hmm. in Midsummer, it feels like the themes are coming out of the horror, if that makes any sense. Where it starts off right away where it's like, what the fuck is going on? And then the themes kind of get extracted out of the what the fuck is going on as you keep going. Right. And I it think... feels like you're more solving a puzzle rather than hereditary felt like, okay, you're just answering my question at the end. Yeah. But in a really weird way that makes no sense to what you just explained in the first hour. Yeah, I think Midsummer seems a lot more synthesized. Mm-hmm. Like the whole aspect of the whole drama and the horror aspect seems a lot more synthesized and a lot more cohesive. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's the through line throughout the entire film. Mm-hmm. But Hereditary, in a lot of ways, isn't really a horror movie until the last 15, 20 minutes. And then it mm-hmm. just goes all out. And that's why I think, like, even even people who love that movie, like, I really enjoy that movie. People have an issue with the last have, 15 minutes. Because it, it feels disconnected. Mm-hmm. And um, I know that you say, like, oh, it's it's just to, to kind of explain it. But I, I felt like still there was sort of a disconnect thematically a oh, little yeah, bit, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. Between that and the rest of the film. Because you, you think it's, like, it, it, it's building up tension and that happens. But you sort of left not really feeling much. Because Whereas, I feel like in Hereditary, they don't really bring up these ideas, those religious ideas at all until the end. Right. They're just dropped in where I just feel like in Midsummer, it's explicitly there. Mm-hmm. And it just grows. It's it's one of those where I think you bring up a really good point about like Hereditary is just sort of answering your questions. Because I went into Midsummer not really, I, heard, I figured it would be similar to Hereditary. Mm-hmm. And, but I wasn't really entirely sure like what it's going to be like about subtextually and so like mm-hmm. throughout the film I was sort of deciphering I was like okay is it like about is it about like trying to be accustomed to like this new family and like the mm-hmm. unwritten rules and stuff like that um everything with the ceremony and then um I mean you could say it was obvious but like I'm not <laughs> sometimes it's not, it's not very <laughs> obvious until the very 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 end and even then yes, I know people yeah. well, from what I've read a lot of people have different interpretations of what's going on I feel the people who enjoy it the most probably have the interpretation that we t- kind of talked about this movie a bit when before we recorded but right. the interpretation that this film is a self-empowerment film and it's about empathy and relationships and I feel a lot of people that I've been reading have the people who had that interpretation of that film kind of came out, came away with more than someone who just was looking at at a surface level of this mm-hmm. is really disturbing and you're just trying to scare me or something. Right. I think if you're also not really that familiar with Hereditary or horror films like it, you probably won't get as much oh, out no, of Oh, no, for sure. This. The cinema score is for these things are atrocious. Yeah. The cinema score, cinema score is notoriously known as the audience score, is the general audience score. So people who come out of the theater and then most of the time, it's if it's really confusing, you'll have a lower cinema score than something mm-hmm. which that is not that confusing. I mean, I'm t- generalizing what it actually is, but that seems to be the gist of cinema score. Though the cinema score for this is much higher than 
Hereditary? But it's, it's still not great. It's, it's a, a C+. Plus. C plus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's I want to say Hereditary... I want to say Hereditary was, was a D or a D plus. That might... Honestly, I don't know because at the ending of Midsummer is very explicit. I think it makes it very clear that it is a self-empowerment film and a lot mm-hmm. of people will be attracted to that idea of it the way I was, at least. I think I think people will get that out of it if they're willing to just stick with it. Because mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a long movie. It's a and long movie. And there's a movie. lot of messed there up were, things yeah, that happen. <laughs> yeah. There were people in my theater who left halfway through because they just did not want to stick it out. Mm-hmm. And I think that might go into the this idea of it is long. It is two and a half hours long. That's already ambitious for a horror movie. Right. You're going to force someone to sit there and struggle through this sensory attack and mm-hmm. <laughs> and to get something out of it because it's not very clear. It's It's sort of clear that it's a relationship drama, but it's not very clear until the last 30 minutes. It's it's not entirely clear what it's it's purpose like it's Mm -hmm. overall purposes at least for me until that uh, we'll talk about it later but until that final shot yeah and it was it it was like an aha moment and it's everything just clicked and that's Mm -hmm. where i think i think midsummer took a little bit to to grow on me like i Mm -hmm. i I had to think about it a lot but i think that's what stands out and i think i'm i enjoyed a little bit more than hereditary because it has that Everything just connected and thematically it made so much sense. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really feel that at the end of Hereditary, other than the fact that Hereditary just had some weird stuff that happened at the end. And mm-hmm. I liked the other two thirds of it quite a lot. Mm-hmm. But overall, Midsummer is just, to me, a much more cohesive and enjoyable experience. Mm-hmm. For me, at least, Midsummer, I... Midsummer is something that's still like in my mind I can't stop thinking Mm -hmm. about this film where in Hereditary and I think it goes into the difference of Hereditary and Midsummer. Hereditary I did not want to think about that film I didn't want to analyze anything more I had no questions I just didn't want to go back to it and where in this film I almost feel the need that I want to go back to it I mean I'm very scared to go back to it but Mm -hmm. it's something that I keep thinking about and even though, yes, it's because we have to do this podcast and so we, we have to think about this film. And I wrote a review about it, so I had to think about the film. But I, even when I came out of this film, I, I was very satisfied with what I just saw, but I kept wanting to know more. I kept wanting to know more, read more about it, find Ari Aster interviews to kind of interpret what I just saw. And I think that's, in a sense, what makes makes this film so good because you can't stop thinking about it where I feel like for me hereditary I could just stop thinking about it Mm -hmm. I think I think the novelty of hereditary was just the fact that it was so much deeper and so much more intricate than a lot of horror movies out there and Mm -hmm. that's something that has become a sort of a trademark for um a24 that, Mm -hmm. that production company I think a lot of people for hereditary and why it may have a very low cinema score is it was off the heels of something like Get Out, where Get Out was this horror right. film that had Oscar contention and was beloved by the whole public. And so I think a lot of people assumed Hereditary might be in the veins of that, a very smart horror film. And mm-hmm. Hereditary is smart in its own way, but it approaches its horror much differently, where it's a... I call it... I call it 
hereditary this cardiac arrest inducing film where it just makes you want to have a heart attack and panic attack every second mm-hmm. where something like get out doesn't do that but midsummer doesn't do that either i never felt yeah. like i was going to burst into flames mm-hmm. when every second i was watching midsummer where in hereditary it just kind of goes up into like you know those heartbeat monitors and it's like where hereditary is kind of like that where it keeps making you feel like you're on a high and midsummer kind of goes up and like it has its dips of calmness Mm -hmm. which is strange to say but midsummer is somewhat oddly calm in the way it has its tone occasionally and then there are moments where it's just like what what the fuck Mm -hmm. but in 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 that way it's it's such it like it's a much more interesting watch and experience mm-hmm. as opposed to to hereditary because heredit hereditary you're only really getting that one that one you know sensory experience mm-hmm. whereas in midsummer it feels like it's attacking everything you it's almost contradicting like causing a contradiction within your senses right because it's it's light it's it's daytime horror it's in this lush beautiful landscape of sweden and so it kind that kind of invites this warmness and hypnotic like hypnotic tone in the beginning even when they're on drugs it's just like wow i am in sweden it's so pretty it kind of Uh invites a warmth and then you have moments like i guess spoiler alert there's one moment where i guess this is aster's thing where it's very graphic and gruesome. So two people jump off a cliff and then we see the aftermath very explicitly. Um, broken bones and broken face and everything. Mm-hmm. And then it, it those and then there's also other moments like someone hanging in a barn house with their skin all mutilated and then weird sex scenes. And those are like, well, what the fuck? is this Mm. this is so strange and then contradicting that with so these are all these really horrific events and contradicting that with the warmth of daytime and the warmth and lushness of the landscape it becomes like a contradiction of your senses and you just don't know what to do Mm -hmm. and i think that was powerful in terms of my experience because i just felt so consumed by the film because of it it just there's a lot of just strange out there comedy mm-hmm. that especially manifests along, itself along with in, yeah, the comedy in like it especially manifests itself in like the sex scenes that or the sex scene that you mentioned mm-hmm. and it, it just it it it's like that it generates that sort of nervous laughter like what the what yeah. the hell is going on here and a lot of the film it, as much as it's trying to do, it's it's just making you feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And but in very very different ways, it mm-hmm. attacks your uncomfortableness, both in your nervousness, but also nervousness, but awkwardness, and right. I don't know what to do now type of way. And I think that's almost better in for me at least. As you you've mentioned, it makes it feel more dynamic. That you, there's more coming out of this film than just okay, I'm going to hit you with one beat of the film and you're going to feel nervous from that specific beat. Mm-hmm. I think also it's it's interesting to view both this and 
I mean, I, I guess that's, it's a pretty explicit theme, I suppose, but just to view this and Hereditary as explorations of grief, mm-hmm. because Hereditary is very much like the traumatic, harrowing, just maddening mm-hmm. parts of, of, of dealing with that. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like more so with 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 Midsummer, it's the uncomfortableness and the confusion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It handles grief in different ways. I think you're right. Where in Hereditary, grief is very much attacked, not as a confusing thing, but a very daunting thing. Mm-hmm. Where Midsummer, its grief is attacked as this very complex and confusing thing mm-hmm. that maybe I related to that a little more than the dauntingness of hereditary, I guess. I don't know. I think that also makes Midsummer that that approach also makes Midsummer a lot I wouldn't say a lot, but more accessible than hereditary. Mm-hmm. Because people don't wanna <laughs> don't wanna experience what's experience or what's what's in hereditary just because mm-hmm. it's so it's so hard to watch at times and yeah. it, it makes you feel like you're going to have a heart attack like you said mm-hmm. before but it it's also very i don't know because hereditary when i think back to it there are other than that one particular scene that just made me want to vomit and then but i think it i think hereditary relies on that scene that specific scene as its crutch to make you scared, I guess, more than her or Midsummer does with its more graphic scene of people jumping off a cliff. Because my issue with Hereditary is that it does heavily rely on um, the girl's head coming off out of the window. And it that was what the most scariest thing for me was within that film, like Tony Collette climbing up the rooftop was mm-hmm. nothing compared to that beginning scene where in Midsummer, I feel like there are many more justifiable moments where it seems that every moment is something new and something stranger to analyze and look at, mm-hmm. which then is just, I don't know. My com- feelings of this film are very complicated because I do like Midsummer a lot, but it does follow this almost, it follows a similar wavelength of hereditary, but I just don't like hereditary. Mm-hmm. You mentioned when we were talking before about this, that whole scene where, you know, they jump off the cliff Mm -hmm. and how that's your least favorite scene in the film because you thought it was unnecessarily graphic and gratuitous. Mm -hmm. So, and then you also mentioned that you think that the film doesn't really rely on that scene as much as Hereditary. Yeah, it's very... It's complicated because I know that Midsummer does rely on that scene because there are moments when I was watching Midsummer and I was thinking, wow, they might show another scene similar to that. That's why I'm scared. But at the same time, I think Midsummer has so much more strangeness to it that sometimes I kind of forgot that scene existed. Sometimes, not all the time. To a point that's much different than Hereditary, that scene was always the scene of... Uh, the girl in the car um (laughs) that scene was very much always on my mind because there was nothing for me new coming out nothing new that kind of consumed my mind where I think in Midsummer, yes that jumping off the cliff scene is very graphic and I I 
I almost wonder if it was necessary to show how graphic it was because I get it. I get it. I get mm-hmm. why they did it. And but part of me is just I'm not a big fan of those type of things. But at the same time, I feel like when I'm looking back on what I was thinking during that movie, there were times where I kind of completely forgot about it and kind of just like towards the end, I had my I was leaning in. I wanted to know more where I feel like in Hereditary, I kept moving back and back and back and just not wanting to engage with it anymore. Mm -hmm. Because I guess Midsummer different. There were so many weird and wacky things to analyze. I sometimes forgot about they jumped off a cliff and they showed me that. Right. I think, I think, yeah. Also because in plot wise, that scene is is so critical to you know just to to the story of hereditary mm-hmm. but and that, i think but the graphic scene within midsummer is also kind of important too because it it kind of different differentiates the people within the group mm-hmm. you know um christian is kind of like what the fuck just happened but i'm gonna try and stay quote-unquote calm where danny's really freaking out and Mm -hmm. is not totally understanding why this why this is happening and it also kind of exposes christian and danny's relationship because danny is clearly very not responding well to this and christian is just like it's okay it's just tradition deal with it Mm -hmm. so i don't know it because I, ugh, I really don't like graphic scenes. I think they're very. Uh, I feel the best horror films can leave them out, are mm-hmm. the ones that can leave those things out and still be scary. So something like Get Out or Silence of the Lambs, but Rosemary's Baby. Rosemary's al- Baby, yeah. Al- almost nothing like that. Yeah, where Ari Aster seems to have those things. So I'm very conflicted because I get why that's in there. I get that it induces horror into people, but I don't it, know. It's conflicting. I think it's, yeah, I mean, because I think the whole point is just that he wants people to feel as uncomfortable as possible. Mm-hmm, and that's just, that's just the way he wants to go about it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, it, it, it's weird because it, I'm not sure if it's necessary or not either. Mm-hmm. because even thinking back to hereditary like it had that one scene but the the scene that i always think about is mm-hmm. the dinner scene is that the one where they catch on fire no just the, the the dinner scene where they're all eating dinner and then uh the son makes some snarky comment and tony collette just snaps oh so it, it was it the one after the death yeah okay okay yeah I don't and remember I always, that, but... <laughs> I always just think back to, to that scene and just how how much tension and how much uncomfortableness was in that scene. Mm-hmm. Like that but, w- but I think with that scene, if you're saying like, oh, that scene is horrifying, it still relies on the previous, that the fact that the sister is dead. Where I think in Midsummer it doesn't even, it doesn't really reference the jumping off the cliff that much anymore. Mm-hmm. And so the tension in Hereditary is created, or at least for me, after the death of the sister is always mm-hmm. created by the death of the sister. She's right. always referenced in the back. So you can't, you're not allowed to forget about that yeah. moment. And that's the moment I just can, cannot wrap my head around. 
yeah, in Midsummer, it's the plot just really doesn't rely on on that scene at all. It's just it's just a really weird thing that happens that happens mm-hmm. to be incredibly graphic. Mm-hmm. And even even the the scenes later on aren't aren't as bad as as that. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the worst in which you kind of have the why did you put that in the film moment? Mm-hmm. And like, what the fuck is going on moment as well. That's like the highest I think your heart will come out of your chest. Yeah. And be freaked out a bit. But I think, I think a lot of people have issues with Ari Aster's films is that it's just, especially with this one, because, and because I, I was reading something and they were like, well, if you like the last 15 minutes of Hereditary, you will love Midsummer, which I think is kind of not true because I think why people were so upset with the last 15 minutes of Hereditary is because it was out of nowhere, where in Midsummer it's very consistent and it's very clear that it's going to be a weird about pagan rituals, other than like the 15, first 15 minutes are not about that, but that's horrifying in another way. But mm-hmm. it's very clear that it's going to be strange in this particular way. And I think a lot of people are turned off by Ari Aster's work, especially when we talk about cinema score with this being a C plus and her, uh, hereditary being a freaking D is because people don't let themselves embrace the weirdness, I guess. Because mm-hmm. Ari Aster just likes, for me, Ari Aster just uses this thing, these things as backdrops. And so I feel like people really need to go into this film with an embrace, embracing everything that's going on. Let Ari Aster kind of harass you for two hours. Mm-hmm. Because I think you'll come away with a lot more if you just let him do what he's doing rather than questioning, oh, well, why are they drinking and mimicking the elders? Why do the elders jump off cliffs? Why do they burn up a barn or and have weird sex orgies? Right. I, I, if, if you're someone to like pick, pick apart like super minor plot points that you know, aren't fully explained i i this isn't really the film Mm -hmm. for you i definitely agree definitely that if you're someone who questions i mean there are certain times where questioning the plot points is necessary but this film is not very a plot heavy film so questioning certain things happening especially when it comes to cult stuff questioning cult quote unquote traditions i think is the wrong way to look at it Mm-hmm. I kind of wrote about it in my review where it's like, okay, is the stuff that's happening on screen truly weird or is it just our society's view of it as being weird? And so it makes you, I feel like if you let it embrace, if you embrace all the weirdness, it, it'll start to feel like you need to reflect on yourself. Like, why is this weird? If that makes sense. I feel like general audiences are just inherently not going to really vibe with this because it's it's not the it's not it's not really it's not really it's not weird cut, in the it's not cut and dry and yeah it's weird yeah it's, it's not, not like oh he did he just he made a weird movement that's weird mm-hmm. it's like this is weird like no one would do this you mentioned get out and get out's like oh like these these people are sort of acting odd but Mm -hmm. but the whole point of get out is there are people like that in the world right 
with these it, weird micro it has it has that grounded social message to it mm-hmm. whereas it's it, it it can be if you're not really following and if you're not open to to stick with it you're not gonna know why these things are happening and you don't really need to know why those things are mm-hmm. happening yeah because exactly that's not really the point mm-hmm. because you're yeah you're constantly gonna ask in this film you're constantly gonna ask what the fuck is going on mm-hmm. and that's fine but i don't if you keep going in that mindset of this film you're just gonna burn yourself out mm-hmm. because Ari Aster is not concerned about answering those questions. He, I think in his mind, this is something very, it's just a story or it's very normal, which is uh-huh. kind of fucked up to say as well. But, but in, in, in the end, like if you've gotten this far, you've probably already seen the film, but if you did get this far and you still haven't, just, just let the, embrace the film because the last, I think the last 45 minutes just will explain everything. If you just let, this film harass you. <laughs> yeah, no, completely. But speaking uh, of the last 45 minutes, we've already kind of mentioned that this film is Ari Aster's breakup film. I always meant, when I comment on this film and when people ask me what this film is, I, I like to say it's a self-empowerment film and a female empowerment film at mm-hmm. its core. And that might seem very strange because for the last 40 minutes, we've been talking about how this film film is very disturbing and horrifying but I think what makes me gravitate more towards Midsummer, it's it's very much about a very toxic relationship and towards the end is kind of the release of this toxic relationship we talk about Danny and Christian being these two codependent people but obvious it's obvious that Danny kind of relies more on Christian and Christian doesn't give back what Danny needs in the relationship we talked about the first 15 minutes where she loses all her family. So it's just burden after burden on top of her that in a relationship, the other half should be receptive of helping carry that burden and helping them relieve that burden in sort of a way. It's not, tech, it's not their specific job to, but in a good relationship, the other partner should be at least willing to help relieve that burden, right? Mm-hmm. And it's very clear that Christian does not want to do that and has no intention of doing so. But has also no intention of... Leaving her. Yeah. And so it's a very, very toxic relationship in that where it's someone who's just so out of it, but is still in it. Mm -hmm. And so it's these like little microaggressions that Christian does that kind of get exposed as we go further and further and further into this film. Mm-hmm. Like him, him not being uh, involved emotionally, him manipulating, him playing the victim. Mm-hmm. And pressuring her to do things that she's not willing to do. Make it, making her apologize for, for things that, you know, she that didn't That are not wrong. her fault. Yeah. yeah. And so it's, it's, their relationship is very, very real. And so the last 45 minutes are kind of, spoiler alert, are just this release. And I think the most haunting moment is after she comes out. Or So Christian, there's this girl in the Harga, I forgot her name, who really likes Christian. And she, I think she's supposed to be the form of temptation, this, the embodiment of temptation or whatever. But she really likes Christian and, and has chosen him as her mate. And... Um, 
then Christian either drinks something. It, it's kind of implied that Christian had the choice of yeah. having he, sex with her. And so he participates in the sex orgy with her. And he, he almost denies it. Mm-hmm. And then just ends up choosing to drink it anyway. Yeah, that's the that's like the crux. That's like where it finally is like, wow, this guy's a that's where dick. that's where that relationship like completely falls apart. Yeah, and so um, Danny has just been crowned May Queen, which is the highest title that is in this Harga Harga dynamic. She is pronounced as the heart, the May Queen, and so she, everyone kind of wants to be with her and she kind of grows this new family although that's not very clear at the time she becomes May Queen because that whole her becoming one is very she doesn't understand it as much until the end but then after she kind of does all her ceremonies she hears the sex orgy and so she Mm -hmm. goes in and sees okay what is going on Um, and then she realizes oh shit Christian is in there and she kind of lets out this huge she goes back into the living quarters and then her and her maidens or whatever the her posse i guess mm-hmm. she starts she danny starts breaking down herself and, and then, then the people other, around her start yelling as well as as she's yelling yeah. and it's 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 that moment where it's like she's finally finding people who who can share emotionally that burden with are consoling her and yeah mm-hmm. exactly exactly are willing to take on that grief that she's been suffering all through this all through her life all the things that she wanted out of Christian are coming out are mm-hmm. kind of getting formed within these group of people and at this moment you're like oh shit like mm-hmm. i think Danny is starting to get it right and it's it's that moment it finally feels like that release. Mm-hmm. Like and you finally she, understand, you might be able to understand what is going on just a bit. Yeah. And so at the very end, it's it's like the end of the ceremony and they're basically burning. Killing a, off nine people. Yeah. As, as the sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And one of these people is Christian. Because, um, well, one of the people are um, Danny gets to choose because she's the May Queen, so she gets to choose who he, she wants to kill, and she decides to kill Christian mm-hmm. as this "fuck you, you had sex with someone else" kind of deal. And so they kind of do that, and then the last shot is is the, is just that whole cottage thing burning down with and the then nine hers, people in it. And then it's a shot of her, and then she just smiles. Well, she and first then, is, like, crying her eyes out and then slowly understands, this is my new home, fuck you, yeah, yeah. and smiles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And at that point, it's like, wow, that film earned that, in my opinion. That mm-hmm. It earned the smile, and that's what made me really, really, really like that film, be- this film, because it's, it's this complicated, it's commenting on this complicated notion of empathy. How much are you supposed to give in a relationship? How much are you supposed to hold back in a relationship to please others or to fulfill others? And at this point, it kind of just is like, no, this is, this is about me. I need my power back. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very much a personal journey for mm-hmm. Danny and her trying to find that that who family. Is she, yeah, who is she? Who are the people that I should be surrounding myself mm-hmm. with? And mm-hmm. although it's kind of fucked up to say the Harga, it is the Harga. It's weird to say that this film is about trying to overcome the toxicity in your life and trying to find love 
and, mm -hmm. and healthy relationships after, you know, after loss mm -hmm. and after grief. It, it's, it's weird to say that and have that be connected to a horror film. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. But it's like we said earlier, like if a lot of people aren't going to vibe with or understand like the plot points and that's not really the point is because like you're not meant to take anything of what's happening in the, in, mm -hmm. in the literal way at all. Mm -hmm. Everything, everything down to that last shot is, is her, like that last shot is essentially metaphorically, she's just cutting away the strands at these toxic relationships in her life and finally mm -hmm. just letting go. Yeah, agreed. And that's what's, that's what's so great and so powerful about Midsummer. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I totally, totally agree. It's the idea, it's all these as you mentioned, all these things are just going to happen and you're just going to have to look at them because that's the playground that Ari Aster's decided to put his film in. But the most compelling moments of this film are when we look at Danny and Christian's relationship in the context of what's going on with this film. And that theme sort of comes out of the horrors and the weird things that are happening within this film. Uh -huh. It comes, yeah, so it's not something that's explicitly there right away. It slowly comes out, just like how a normal person might slowly start to understand that they sh should be empowering themselves rather than giving up so much for just a relationship. Right. And again, the film is two and a half hours long and it's very much a slow burn, but it's... Mm -hmm. It's a very, very slow burn, but yeah. the last 45 minutes just, I think... Plus the 15, first beginning 15 minutes, I can't get over the first 15 minutes, are just make this film. And I think, I mean, I, I can't say the middle half is bad either because it's very good as well. But I think the last 45 minutes and the first 15 minutes are on another level because they're attacking on a, a whole nother level of like, it's thematic events are just on another level because they're mm -hmm. finally kind of getting exposed. Right. And I think here's I, this is something I just thought about with with Hereditary, mm -hmm. but it almost didn't really feel like Hereditary had one singular main character because even with the final twenty minutes, it's just following the sun around, right? Mm -hmm. And it's um, but then everyone always comments on, oh, it's Tony Collette's film, it's Tony Collette's film, but mm -hmm. Nat Nat or Alex Wolf, I forgot whoever that one of the Naked Brothers. Um, <laughs> He, I, he's turned, he becomes the focus at the end because Tony Collette gets killed off. Spoiler oh. alert. Because everyone always comments that that's Tony Collette's film. It's very clear. This is, this is Florence Pugh's film. This is Danny's story. And we're watching mm -hmm. her grow as a person. I think that growth is very satisfying. And th mm -hmm. that's what I very much enjoy of this film. It's very, very centered on Danny. Oh, yeah. The, the last shot is, is so well earned. because The, the it, last that shot is... is intoxicating. I mm -hmm. love that last shot. Mm -hmm. Because you just have gone through so much, not only with the film, but with her as a character. Because you don't really see things through her perspective. Like she's usually in a film, everyone's like, oh, there's a character that's kind of the person that is supposed to represent you, is the, per the observer of what's going on. And... I feel like Danny isn't necessarily the observer because she's very active in it, but I feel like Florence Pugh does such a good job and Ari Aster does such a good job of making you feel like you are with Danny. You are experiencing uh -huh. the same things she's experiencing. And so that 
ending, the lead up to the ending, you're just like, fuck yeah, finally, finally. Right. Like after everything she's been through, this is what the conclusion is. And that's why I think the, I know we've been mentioning hereditary a lot and that's sort of inevitable. It's hard not to. <laughs> it's sort of inevitable, but yeah. I, I think I, I like hereditary a little bit less now after seeing Midsummer, just because mm-hmm. of how personal Midsummer felt. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I feel like I have not experienced like a family death in the way hereditary kind of tackles familial grief where I feel like in midsummer relationship drama is something yeah that everyone I'm, can I'm more relate to relatable to yeah and so I think for me personally that becomes more satisfying as something as different as um hereditary I guess mm-hmm but I feel like maybe someone who has experienced um, familial grief might be more inclined to relate with hereditary. So I, I can't say. <laughs> At the same time, though, like I, I feel like those people would relate with hereditary more, but they would mm-hmm. never want to watch that film. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I just... Also, Midsummer is just really, really fun. We Mm -hmm. talked about how it's funny at times. And I think, I just think there's just, the funniness, it it helps make it, the comedy makes it fun. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, just the whole experience, like me, the whole, I think watching Midsummer was one of the best theater experiences I've had in a long time because I was constantly disgusted or disturbed, but also really engaged, wanting to see more. Right. And I don't know. I, it's just a really fun time just to watch the film. Mm-hmm. But also, I don't know if I would want to go back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's the there's the character of Mark. Oh, Mark. Mark. Uh, he's the worst. <laughs> who's played by uh, Will, Will Poulter. Poulter? Yeah, he's the worst. He's yeah. like just like that one guy that everyone knows who's just like, oh my god, not this dick again. Yeah. Uh, I have to deal with this. <laughs> when he made the comment of like oh dang I took a nap for that in reference to people jumping to... off the cliff yeah <laughs> and, oh my god I mean he he, he oh, has some he, really funny lines though. He, he's like vape god he always has yeah. his vape <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which just adds another level of you're such a dick mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's it's interesting the way that they use him too though because it's like he will be commenting on on this stuff that is happening and like what what the hell's happening and so it's it, he's saying the things that everyone is afraid to say yeah like every everyone is thinking and mm-hmm. even though we're we're viewing it sort of through Danny's lens mm-hmm. it's like he he's also there to sort of like <laughs> console the audience a little bit like I'm we're feeling this too like yeah I think Ari I think I read something on Ari Aster he's like I don't like I hope people are left confused. I hope people are left questioning because that's kind of what's happening in this film. And the, the stuff in the film is weird. It's it's weird. Mm-hmm. So it's like totally... Fu- I feel a lot of pe- audiences don't want to admit that they found something weird or they weren't able to answer all the questions that this film was posing. But 
Ari Aster himself is saying, oh, it's okay if you're left with questions. That's fine because this shit is so fundamentally fucked up. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I, um, saw an article about how Florence Pugh and Ari Aster um, had had disagreements about what the ending meant. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's even really interesting because th- those are the people involved with the film, mm-hmm. right? That's the whole... And uh, that's uh, just kind of like, okay, that's the crux of the film. Like, people are going to disagree about what they saw. I think mm-hmm. me and you somewhat agree on what we saw. Yeah. Where this is a breakup self-empowerment film of talking about relationships and empathy. But mm-hmm. someone might completely see this in a totally different light. Mm-hmm. I think in that article, it was saying that Ari Ari Aster thinks more on our vein, where she willingly chose the Harga over Christian, and she willingly knows that she burned Christian out alive and is happy about it. Mm -hmm. That's how I interpreted it. I think Florence Pugh said that she was just confused on what the hell was going on, or that's how she acted it out, Mm -hmm. where it was... She will kill, She decided to kill Christian out of vengeance at the moment, but then seeing that moment, it was just this trauma flash, and then she just didn't know what to do after. She wanted to play it that way. Right. And so that's very different in terms of, okay, this is a self-empowerment film or a commentary on trauma. <laughs> but, right. So I think if you watch this film, I highly recommend people go watch this film. I mean, be cautious when you're watching it. If you're very, like me not a big fan of graphic stuff though it only happens once so you should be fine but watch it and don't be afraid of asking questions or being coming out confused i think a lot of us are afraid of leaving a film confused like we don't have the right answer of Mm -hmm. what the film is saying but i mean one of the best films 2001 a space odyssey ever i still don't get at all so yeah, no, I think I think it's sort of a tendency amongst, even amongst film fans, mm-hmm. that they're sort of insecure when they don't, or we don't really know what's going on. But mm-hmm. you kind of just have to, you have to just go with it. Mm-hmm. You have to just go with it, and if you don't know what's going on, then... Yeah, sometimes yeah, it's like, okay. Sometimes it's okay to not know. Like, mm-hmm. just, just, just try to enjoy the experience. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a great note to leave off on. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. But yes, highly recommend this film. Yeah. Um, we will also have, I wrote a written review of it, which is, ooh, it goes in deeper on some stuff that we talked about, and then it does not mention some other things that we talked about. So if you want to check that out, you can go to students.washington.edu slash film. And we'll probably have it linked in the description of this, too. Yeah, you can check out that review there along with other stuff. I think Spider-Man is going to be... We have a Spider-Man review. We also have a Toy Story review. Uh, This summer's slow, so... (laughs) Yeah, uh, the new Quentin Tarantino movie is is coming out soon. Oh, yes. We'll we'll have to cover that. I'm planning on... So, I live near L.A., and there's this one theater, the Beverly theater that kind of is like Quentin Tarantino inspired I guess I don't know the gist of it but I heard that they're like going all out at the theater so I need to Mm. catch that hopefully 
I don't know. That'd be cool. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there's not much coming out this summer, but you should still check out our reviews there. Yep. So yeah, thank you so much for listening. You can catch us, our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Follow us on Facebook at UW Film Club and on Instagram and Twitter at Film Club UW. Please okay. go watch Midsummer. It, I don't know. You might like it. You might not. I just think people should watch it. <laughs> give, give it a shot. It's, give it a shot. Yeah. Give it a shot. It's because it's so thought provoking and, and weird and confusing and out there. It's going to be so much more of an interesting experience than, uh-huh. you know, a lot of horror movies out there. So mm-hmm. please go check it out. It's probably my favorite film of the year. I don't know about Cynthia. No. It, it, in my opinion, it would have been minus certain aspects. It's, you probably already know right. this aspect yeah. of it. But yeah. also, um, The Farewell is coming out very soon, but that film is just glorious. That's my favorite film so far, so nothing has beaten that. But yeah, again, thanks so much for listening. Catch you guys next week. Bye.